This is the Easy Living Yards Podcast. I'm Ben Hale, your lawn-busting host. Let's jump in and learn how to have a healthy, beautiful yard with less work so you can enjoy more time doing what you love. What's up and welcome to episode 61 of the Easy Living Yards podcast. Today we're talking about easy lawn care. Lawn care is something that's near and dear or not so near and dear to my heart, I guess, depending on which way you look at it. It's very important to me because I think this is such a resource strain in all of our lives is taking care and maintaining our lawn. And it's just so much work. And I feel like there's so little return on it for what we do. And so really, I love I love harping on the idea of reducing our lawn, and that's what we're going to be talking about somewhat today, and also just how to make all that work a little bit easier, a little bit less work. If you're not ready to cut down the size of your lawn, how do you at least cut down the work on your lawn? Now, before we jump into the show, I have one thing for you today, and that is, if you guys haven't reviewed the show yet, I really suggest you go on over to your local podcasting app that you're listening to and leave a review if if uh, you know the platform you're on allows it. So such as iTunes, for example, or Apple Podcasts, um, and you know these reviews really help get me in front of other people, other shows, um, and so um, you know that's really helpful. If if you go and leave an honest review, that's one wonderful way you can say thank you for the work I'm doing on this show to bring you ways to. Re- reduce work on your landscape so you can do more time or spend more time doing what you love. And so if that's important to you, I would really appreciate you going over and doing so. Um, You know, if that's not something you're able to do right now, uh, also another way you could really help with the show is, is just share this show with a friend, you know, send them a link or take a picture and just send it to them in a text message and let them know what you think about the show and how it might help them. So think about one person that you could share this show with and and really help us spread the word of Easy Living Yards and what we're doing here and how that's a, just a wonderful way that you can be involved in helping spread the word about this show so we can really make a positive impact on everybody's lives in their landscapes. All right, so let's jump into Easy Lawn Care and Really what I have for us today are three buckets, three ways for low-maintenance lawn care. Now, low-maintenance, a lot of time people kind of jump to the conclusion that that means things are uglier or things aren't as nice or things are a bit less, you know, well-maintained. Well, maybe in the conventional sense of, you know, we're not sitting out there doing topiary on our bushes or something like that. That's a high-maintenance task, right? But what we're doing is we're finding the beautiful ways to do things with less work. Okay, so the first idea is that it's less work, but it also has to be attractive and beautiful. I want us to have beautiful spaces that we enjoy, that we're proud of. And that really is so much so that, you know, we become the Joneses, right? So instead of having to keep up with the Joneses, we don't have to keep up with anything. We become the Joneses and we don't have to work hard at it. That's my goal is to help you be that. It's to help you be something that you can be proud of with your landscape, that it boosts the value of your home, and that it's something you and your family can enjoy and also other people admire. Okay. And so that's really what we're going for here. And so these three ways for low maintenance lawn care are maintenance reduction or changing our maintenance style, 
reducing lawn area, surprise, and using improved grass varieties. So these three buckets of of um, topics can really go a long way toward helping reduce the amount of work and effort we spend on our lawn. And really, when it comes down to uh, yard work, lawn care is one of the biggest resource drains, both from a time standpoint and a money standpoint. And so that's where this topic is really, really important to me. So let's jump into the maintenance section. When it comes to maintenance, there's a few topics or a few ways you can really cut back on the amount of work you do. Maintenance is the biggest piece for lawn care. So the first, and this is going to sound crazy, cut higher and less often. Most grass varieties, they naturally grow much taller than what we maintain them at. And yeah, the the lawn experts you see out there recommend, oh, cut it at, you know, cut this variety at one inch or cut this variety at two inches. Well, the reality is most of those grasses do better at a taller length. They're less stressed, they develop deeper roots, and they stay healthier. So what you do with this process, when you cut higher, you allow more top growth. And when you cut less often, you're stressing the grass grass less often. Now, of course, when you're cutting, you still want to only be cutting maybe, you know, a third of the total growth, total length of your grass. If you cut more than a third off at a time, you're really stressing that grass. So, of course, you have to adjust your cutting schedule. Uh, you know, when it's really going gangbusters and bonkers, you still need to be out there cutting your grass on a more frequent basis than if, you know, things are a bit drier, things are slowing down. Now, what you do when you cut higher and less often, you're boosting both the grass and the soil health beneath it. Your grass grows slower because it's less stressed. It has more top foliage to allow photosynthesis so it can gather more energy, create more, um, you know, store more carbon to, to grow itself. So it grows slower. It stays green longer because it's happier and because it's more resilient to stress. So because it's taller on the top, you have deeper roots, and those roots can dig down further to uh, get more water and more nutrients longer than you know your more your smaller rooted grass, I guess. Uh, and so, when you have periods of wet and dry, your grass will stay green longer during that dry period before it starts to slow down. So, really, that summarizes why you should cut higher and less often. Just raise your mower one notch. See if it ends the world, okay? And see if you just freak out with how your grass looks different. I bet you won't even notice. So raise that mower one notch higher. See how you do. Try raising it two notches if one notch is not going to bother you. And cut less often, okay? Don't feel like you have to cut you know, grass instead of going to Johnny's baseball game. Prioritize what's important first then do the work that you need to do in the middle, okay, or in between the the cracks of of what's important. Okay, so next piece, mulch your grass instead of bagging it. A lot of people already do this, but if you're bagging your grass each time you mow, what you're doing is you're removing all of those nutrients that are stored in those grass blades that could be returned and recycled back to your soil. That boosts the health of your grass by boosting the health of your soil first. So you basically get healthier soil with more organic matter in your soil, and then that allows better growing conditions for your grass. So that's really important to mulch your grass and let it sit 
and let those blades sit back and percolate back down to the soil surface on your lawn as opposed to bagging it and removing it. Next piece, edge and trim less often. Now this is more of an addiction piece than anything else. So if you're out there edging every time you mow, really, do you really need to have that crisp, clean, super fine edge every time you mow? Could you do it just every other time? Could you do it once a month? If you edge and trim less often, that saves you a bunch of work each time you're working on your grass. So just consider kind of how how much you can kind of cut back that addiction, okay? Yes, I understand you have to edge every once in a while or else things look really messy, but the reality is you don't have to edge every single time, okay? So try that. Next piece, reduce your irrigation schedule. When your lawn is dependent on an irrigation regime, once for one thing that's really expensive with all that water you're using up, especially, um, you know, that's, that's pretty massive. If you're talking about, if you live in a drier environment. So if you live out West, um, especially or down South where you are susceptible to periods of drought, you're really straining your water system just with your, your lawn. So consider from an environmental standpoint, of course, what you can do to reduce your irrigation. But from your personal standpoint, by reducing your irrigation schedule, what you're doing is you're making your grass a bit more resilient. And so your grass becomes more resilient to stress by having less water, actually. Now, when you do water, make sure you water deeply. So water more heavily and more deeply, not so where it's completely running off of your property, but do it to where you're at least watering thoroughly. You get the grass soaked really well, you know, greater than say an inch deep on your grass. And by doing so, you helped your grass develop deeper roots to become more resilient to stress. Next piece, this is really important stop using synthetic chemicals. There are many, many benefits to this. Let's talk about the maintenance benefits first, since that's our main topic of today's show. So what you do by using chemicals is you create an addiction for your plants. Okay, it's like a drug for your plants. You're giving them, you know, just uh, or like sugar, I guess, right? So you're feeding them a bunch of sugar, okay, which will boost them and make them happy and, you know, super active in the short term. But then Suddenly that sugar wears off and they crash, right? That's what happens when you feed your kids a bunch of sugar, right? And so the reality is those synthetic chemicals are the same. When you're talking about fertilizers, your synthetic fertilizers are the same thing. They're concentrates of specific chemicals that really boost growth in the short term, but they're only there for a short while and then they're gone. Then you need more. So it creates this addiction cycle for your lawn that you want to get off of. So by stopping to use it, stop using your your synthetic fertilizers, you're actually creating healthier plants and soil. Now, the next piece, if you're using pesticides on your lawn, a lot of us, yes, I understand, we don't like bugs, right? A lot of us don't like those pesky bugs. But the reality is they're an important part of even your lawn ecosystem. And I'm not talking about just insects that you see, but there's so many other things that you don't see that are important for creating a healthy soil ecosystem. Grass grows best on a healthy soil ecosystem. There's so many things working under our feet when we're stepping on our lawn. There's so much going on there if it's a healthy space that we can't even fathom how much 
work is going on to support those plant roots or to interact with those plant roots. And, and by using synthetic herbicides and pesticides, we're actually killing that whole process. So then we create a completely false system that is much less resilient to stress. So that means it's less resilient to drought, less resilient to pest issues, less resilient to um, disturbance, or you're having your dog pee on it. Whatever it is, your lawn becomes much less resilient to stress when you don't have that good, healthy, robust soil ecosystem going on underneath. That ecosystem helps trap water, stores it for the long term. It, it helps, you know, pull together all these fungus and bacteria. We're just beginning to learn about this stuff. It's crazy what goes on. And it, and it maximizes the amount of, of water and nutrients that those roots can access by developing symbiotic relationships with those roots. It's pretty crazy stuff. So basically, by using your chemicals, you're killing that system and you're, you're making the plant roots themselves highly dependent on what just the plant roots can reach without having the, the soft organic matter present to to reach that stuff and so instead it makes those those grass blades or grass roots much harder to grow and penetrate through heavy clays or much harder to stay rooted in your sandy soils and you cause erosion issues when you lose your organic matter that's bound up by all those soil microorganisms so basically you have this you can see i'm going deep on this already is there's such this intricate network of stuff there that you don't even understand about uh, how it interacts with your grass. And so it's crazy stuff, right? Crazy, cool stuff. But just by using this one chemical that we think we're solving a problem, we're creating so many more problems. So stop using the chemicals. Let's talk about what we can do and why maybe uh, another reason why we wouldn't want to use chemicals. So what we can do instead is use an organic amendment. Um, I recommend if if you really need to feed your lawn, which... You, I, I think long-term, uh, it depends upon your grass variety, but long-term for most of your lawns, you don't need to feed it and fertilize it so much. Just maintain that healthy soil ecosystem by mulching your blades. And, and you know, if you really have poor soil right now, what you can do is use an organic amendment. And I don't mean USDA certified organic. What I mean here is something that's naturally based, um, is you as basically organic matter that, um, is made available to plants. Now, the easiest way to do this is using compost. So spreading compost across your lawn is a really helpful way to boost your soil health and to feed your lawn. Doing that once a year until you have that nice, healthy um, soil, that nice, healthy lawn is, is more than enough to really take care of your lawn and kind of build it up over the long term in a way that doesn't take a lot of work. Yes, you can do more work, and it would, you know, make things go faster. But the reality is it's a lot more work. And so if we're looking for a low maintenance lawn, this is a great way to slowly build the health of your soil and build the health of your lawn and make it more resilient to stress, more uh, robust, stronger plants that are more resistant to weed pressure and to pest pressure. Okay. Now, during this process, if you have to, spot treat your weeds if you need to. Of course, I would recommend a non-synthetic version. That's me personally. Um, but, you know, spot treating is much better than broadcast treating your lawn. And if you have major weed problems, I'd really suggest that you understand the, the deep cause of why those weeds are there. 
Research what that weed grows best in. It's usually an indication that your space is deficient in something or that your soil is highly compacted or that you need to build up your organic matter. There's multiple reasons why weeds emerge. And there's usually uh, some substantial stuff you can learn by learning how those weeds grow. So let's talk about the or the environmental benefits of why uh, not using synthetic chemicals can be helpful. First, a lot of those synthetic chemicals, they're endocrine disruptors. That means that they mess with your hormones, okay? That's really what that means. Do you want something uh, sprayed on your lawn that messes with your hormones? Because I don't. And I'm not going to get into deep detail on this stuff. You can research this yourself. This is a highly controversial issue. The companies that make these chemicals, of course, defend it that uh, it's not really an issue. But the reality is children and pets are highly susceptible to endocrine um, disruption issues. Um, And we are too as adults, um, especially if you're pregnant or nursing. Um, But the reality is I just rather avoid it and play the safe side as opposed to trust uh, you know, the, the current research or the disputed research on some of this stuff um, and, and trusting that it's safe by people that profit off of selling it. Instead, I'd rather play the cautious side and just not use this stuff. We don't have to. There's plenty of ways to have a healthy, beautiful lawn without having to use this stuff. Okay, so that's my recommendation. Um, also, you know, there's huge greater environmental ben- or risks to using this stuff, especially Um, A lot of these synthetic fertilizers, um, they end up in our water stream, which if you've ever seen or heard of these dead zones, every summer, the Gulf of Mexico, the, the Great Lakes have these massive dead zones where the rivers flow into these areas, cause massive algae blooms from the amount of synthetic fertilizers that are present in the water. They make it all the way to the ocean, guys. That's how much they get carried off of our own landscapes, just by being applied in heavy, too heavy concentrations uh, and at the wrong time where they end up running off your soil instead of soaking into the roots and into the plant material. Instead, they end up destroying our ocean habitats. That's a pretty big deal. So, Think about that. They also end up contaminating groundwater. So there's tons of research that finds all of these um, herbicides, uh, such as Roundup, in groundwater systems. This is the water that we end up drinking, guys. Um, And likewise, all these synthetic chemicals. So again, just think about when you're using it, it's hard to understand the impact of it on yourself, your family, your pets, and also the greater environment that we all enjoy. So really consider whether it's worth that to you. Likewise, I mean, these these chemicals also, we're just finding that these are having a lot, or we're just now substantiating the research to show that these also have a lot of non-target effects, such as our pollinators. We're we're suffering a massive die-off in our pollinators, uh, like our native bees, the honeybees that are imported from Europe. Um... You see all this stuff about colony collapse disorder for honeybees. Well, a lot of that's associated with the use of pesticides, generalist pesticides that end up affecting uh, a lot of our beneficial insects. And so we're seeing a massive die-off of all sorts of insect populations related to the use of these synthetic chemicals. So again, (laughs) I didn't really mean to dwell on this too much, um, but uh, you you can understand why that I am so passionable about this. I have kids, um, and of course, we don't use use 
these chemicals on our landscape. I don't want my kids coming into contact with them. It's very difficult going to a park, uh, taking my kid to a t-ball game, and seeing that there's just been a bunch of uh, chemicals applied to the baseball field. It's, It's really difficult. We're all exposed to this stuff, and the best we can do is just to stop using it. And, and not have to worry about the effects of it. Okay, all right. So let's talk more about things we can do to reduce work on our lawn maintenance. Back on topic. Okay, so uh, to summarize here, what we've talked about so far is cutting higher and less often, mulching your grass instead of bagging, edge and trim less often, and really the, the deal there is that it's just cutting the cord on it, guys. It's just a behavioral thing. We all have think there's this massive expectation to to have this pristine lawn that looks like a golf course or, um, you know, the, uh, some British estate, uh, castle or something like that. Here's the reality. That's not where we live guys. We don't live on a, well, maybe some of you live on a golf course, but, but you don't live on the course. You have a lawn, right? It's your yard. It's supposed to serve you instead of taking so much away from you. So think about how it can serve you. And so cut the cord on all that trimming and edging just because. Uh, Reduce your irrigation schedule. Irrigate deeper and less often. Stop using synthetic chemicals. We said enough on that one. The next piece is dethatch. This is only if necessary. This is only uh, if you you need to. So basically what thatch is, when you have your grass plant growing, thatch is dead root material. And so you have your dead blades on top. That's just dead growth. Thatch is a buildup of root material uh, right at the base of the plant that can end up harboring, uh, you know, too much moisture where it shouldn't be actually, um, and always. And and so even on the hot days, you might have moisture buildup in this thatch enough to uh, transmit fungal diseases and other diseases that end up killing your plants. And so if you have thatch buildup, for one, I would wonder if you're still using synthetic chemicals that cause thatch buildup um, with over um, fertilizing. But if that's not the case, um, then what you can do is every, you know, maybe two to three years, rent a power rake or use a, 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 a you know, a, a really strong uh, leaf rake and rake out the thatch. A power rake is basically this walk behind thing. Uh, you can rent it. It's not you know overly expensive. Every two to three years, it's not a bad expense. And basically, it removes a lot of that built up thatch, and it helps aerate your your grass and helps keep it healthier. Okay, so dethatching only if necessary. Usually, this is um, again if, if you're using uh, synthetic fertilizers that um, you know promote too much growth and then die back of your plants. But even uh, when you're not using that, uh, sometimes you get thatch buildup. Next piece, aerate. This is again, only if necessary. What this helps is bring air and de- into your soil zone and helps decompact your soil. So especially if your soil is prone to compaction. So if you have clay soils, uh, hard pan type soils, uh, and you're trying to grow a lawn on it, um, aerating every two to three years again can really help um, kind of break up some of that uh, compaction. And this is usually at the beginning of the dormant season, right when your grass is starting to grow down or slow down. Uh, you might still have some growth to it. Uh, same with the power raking. You don't want to do this at the wrong time of year when you're exposing the soil to weed pressure. So you want to do it after your weed season is kind of slowing down. And uh, that's the best time to do it to benefit your grass plants. 
Okay, so that's with the the wrap on the maintenance piece. Let's move on to reducing our lawn. This is something I have a huge goal with our landscape is to reduce the amount of lawn we have. It's a lot of work to maintain. We have almost a half an acre that is mown. And uh, I would love to reduce that significantly. And so as we redesign, go through redesigning our landscape, that's going to be a major factor is the maintenance piece. And how do we reduce the size of our lawn? So essentially what you can do here is replace with garden beds, right? So you can do this in a way that's much lower maintenance. So uh, I suggest you figure out how to replace with an attractive low maintenance garden. What you can do is check out episode 10, where I talk about how to start a new garden bed. And really, if you, if you want more details on specific things you can do to design and install a low maintenance garden, this is where the membership, the easy living yards membership goes through this step-by-step from beginning to end the whole process. And, and of course I'm there answering questions as well. So you can check out the easy living yards membership as well. If the episode 10 is not enough. And so the easy living yards membership is over at ely.how slash membership. I always have a link to these, these things in the show notes as well. So Basically, the idea with lawn reduction is you keep just what you need and you convert the rest to low-maintenance gardening. And so the cool thing you can do here is you can have some more, you know, well-curated garden beds. And if you have some, like, back space that just is really pretty empty, um, you know, doesn't need to be super well-tended, you can create some beautiful meadow-like installations that um, are, are full of all sorts of uh, grasses and wildflowers that really are pleasant to the eye and attractive items to have in your landscape. And then you frame it with your more well-tended gardens that look really beautiful as well. And, and, you know, a little bit more curated looking to them. They can still be very low maintenance. And and in that way, you can design something that really covers a lot of space that you don't need to have and do it in a way that gives you time back in your life. So keep what you need, convert the rest to a low maintenance garden Consider using ground covers. So examples of these right now, I really like uh, two categories. Um, One is sedges. So there are these grass-like plants. Sedges are really beautiful. Um, And again, they look kind of like grasses. Um, There's a ton of, ton of sedges available out there. Um, This is like a massive family of different species. So there's, wherever you live, there's inevitably a type of sedge that grows in your area. Okay. Next, uh, uh, blue grama grass is a really cool one too. This is like a short grass prairie native uh, to the United States. And blue grama grass is, is just really pretty, kind of this like feathery grass that looks really great planted in masses. So it works great as a ground cover too. So those are just two very specific examples. Um, there's a huge variety of types of ground covers you could look into. Okay, so that's basically a... a a summary of the lawn reduction piece, replace with an attractive low maintenance garden, keep just what you need, convert the rest. All right, so let's move on to our last topic, which is improved turf grass varieties. This is something really cool. Um, this is, there's been, you know, progress that's continually made in this area, especially over the past 20 years or so. It's always been kind of a difficult space because for the most part, turf grasses are these grasses uh, that uh, come from other parts of the world, for one. Uh, you know, So they're non-U.S. natives. And they also naturally grow usually about two to three feet high. 
Okay, there's exceptions to that, of course, but that's for the most part how it is. And they're also relatively drought intolerant species. Okay, so how do you manage that when it comes to lawn? Well, of course, the way we have our lawns curated right now, that's a lot of work, right? So how do we find something that grows low naturally, grows slowly, and also is drought tolerant? Usually those things are not very synonymous. And so there's been a lot of research here. And I've got a couple, well, three varieties that you can consider. And of course, this highly is dependent on where you live. So research real well what works well in your area. So the first is a a private um, company that sells grasses that are are low maintenance. Lower maintenance, I think, is a better term. And that's Pearl's Premium. These are available in a lot of, uh, like if you go to if you have a Whole Foods in your area, they're usually distributed through Whole Foods um, out in the front there during the growing season. You can also find them on their website um, where else they're distributed. So Pearl's Premium is essentially a mixture of common turf species. So these are the grasses you're very familiar with already. They still require a decent amount of maintenance, but they are varieties that have been bred to be more drought tolerant and to grow more slowly. So they require less maintenance than your typical lawn. So they're better, they're not the best, okay? But what they do is they get that conventional lawn feel and look that most people still want to have. So like everything, there's trade-offs, right? So so that's the trade-off is you still have a decent amount of maintenance with this one. The next is buffalo grass. Buffalo grass is something I'm very interested in. I'll probably be experimenting with this very soon um, based on the research that I've done in this area. And so buffalo grass is really interesting. It's a U.S. native grass, which is really appealing to me. I think it's cool that we could have a grass uh, from <laughs> that's originating from the United States that also grows well as a lawn grass. Now, there are trade-offs with this um, grass, and there have been improved varieties that keep coming out. So there's a lot of promise here. Now, there's if you live in California, there's a variety called UC Verde, which is apparently very popular in that uh, southwestern California region. If you need a lawn, this is something you might consider. Now, the one of the issues with buffalo grass, if you could call it an issue, is it does go dormant during drought seasons. And so a lot of people don't like if their grass browns up. Well, this does happen with buffalo grass. It's pretty much it's an adaptation to surviving drought. And so that's something where these improved varieties have helped a little bit with keeping it greener longer and more appealing. So UC Verde for southwestern California area. If you live in the north, there's a variety called Legacy, which is uh, apparently pretty popular. And in the south, there's a variety called Prestige that is also very popular. So buffalo grass, basically, again, it still gives you that lawn look. It grows very short and so you really don't need to mow it very much, which is the huge advantage to this grass. The downside if uh, you know, is that you are, have a greater tendency to browning up than a lot of your typical turf grass varieties. Uh, and also, um, some people don't consider it very comfortable to walk on. Um, some of the seed heads, if they dry up, uh, are a little bit tougher to walk on. And, um, and also, it's, it's not as... Um, as uh, resilient to traffic, especially when it's uh, browned up a bit. So uh, this isn't a thing for super heavy traffic. The next variety of grass uh, I want to talk about is the Nomo or Eco Lawn. So Nomo grass is a variety developed 
and, and sold through the Prairie Nursery out of Wisconsin. It's a variety of fescues uh, that are your um, hard fescue and fine fescues. So these are very thin-bladed fescues. If you have a fescue lawn, uh, these are like very similar to what you have growing in your shade areas. So usually your typical fescue lawn has tall fescue growing in your sunny area, and then there's... Um, usually a type of hard fescue that grows in your shaded area, which is very fine bladed fescues. Uh, looks a lot different than your tall fescue, which is very thick, coarse grass. And so the Nomo grass and Ecolon are uh, basically a mixture of these hard fescues and fine fescues that are developed to be very sun tolerant. They're very slow growing. They grow to about, um, say, like 10 to 12 inches, uh, sometimes, you know, maybe eight inches or so. Um, but the reality is they don't stand up. And so they kind of flop over to where they kind of form this dense mat of grass. It's very beautiful flowing type grass. So it's a little bit of a different look if you're not mowing it all the time. It's a little bit of a different look where you get this flowing texture to it. I think it's really pretty. And um, it's a very comfortable to walk on. It's very fine textured and um, it grows, you know, once it's um, flopped over, you basically have this fine mat that maybe is about um, uh, three inches in height. And so it's very interesting, uh, very photogenic grass and um, uh, you can cut it more often. It does grow pretty slowly. And so it's basically how much maintenance you want to put in it versus how much you don't want to put in it. Now, this grass is prone to uh, thatch buildup and will require some maintenance over the long term. Again, not not frequently, but every once in a while, uh, you'll want to go through and dethatch this stuff and you know get some of these this thick grass out of there so you can allow the plants to kind of regenerate themselves. And occasional overseeding is also helpful. Um, now, for all of these grasses, uh, what's really important is proper establishment. So you really need to make sure, and this kind of goes for any lawn, but especially for these grasses, because a lot of them are slower growing, you really need to clear out the space and properly establish it, properly establish it according to the manufacturer's directions. So for most of this, this is really strong, adequate removal of any weed and existing turf pressure. Once you completely clear the space, then you have a nice space for planting your new lawn. You want to do it according to instructions. The right time of year is very important, and it and it varies based on where you live. So that's why I'm referring you to the manufacturers. Based on the variety of grass you have and where you live dictates how you install your lawn. Okay, so that's pretty much a wrap, guys. Uh, so again, we talked about ways to reduce maintenance, um, specifically with cutting higher and less often and other behaviors. Uh, stop using those chemicals that really don't benefit you in the long term. Reducing the amount of lawn you have with low maintenance gardens and also using improved turf grass varieties where you do have a lawn. All of those things together will make a significant impact on what you can do to stop mowing your grass all the time, not have to be out there every weekend sweating in the summer sun. Instead, you can sit back and relax in your hammock as you hear all your neighbors chugging their mowers on by you. Now, go on over to ely.how slash episode 61. That's episode 61 to check out the links for the show notes. There I have a link to the episode 10 of how to start a new garden bed. Also, 
go on over and check out, if you want to put in your low-maintenance garden bed, you can go over to ely.house slash free. There I have a link to basically all these different giveaways. One of them is a list of low-maintenance plants that work awesome in your new low-maintenance garden that pairs up well with how to start a new garden bed. If you want more help, go on over to ely.house slash membership. In the ELY membership, you get specific one-on-one help to transform your yard. And likewise, I have uh, all the videos you need to go from the design to the installation process to help you step-by-step to get your low-maintenance landscape into reality. You can always ask a question over at ely.house/pod. There, there's a button to ask a question. You can get in touch with me. I'll help you out with your specific question. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today.